Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, happy 2023. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. We are so excited you're here for the first episode of season seven, Business Lessons We Learn the Hard Way So You Don't Have to, with a huge caveat that you're probably going to learn them anyways, but... I feel like we can give you some tips and share what we've experienced. When I first started my business, I was always like listening to people's advice. And I was like, oh, that's nice to know. I'm never going to have to deal with that. And then I did. But at least you like know that other people have gone through it, right? Yes. I feel like some lessons are just coming for you regardless of like if you read about them beforehand, which is like kind of dark, but like... I feel like if I had known some of the things that I'm about to like talk about, I would have been able to navigate those situations with just like a little bit less stress and a little more grace and like maybe be able to avoid them altogether. So that's why we wanted this to be the first episode of season seven, just to like start off with like, don't, don't do as we did do as we say, not as we did. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Also, we are still learning. And I know some of these lessons that we're going to share are things that we've recently learned too. So we're going through this process with you. It's not like we're like the authoritative figures telling you what to do and like know alls, but yeah, we love you guys. We want you to like not have to deal with any of this. So if you can, take our advice, do it. Yes. If you want to. If you want to. So let's start out with our first roses and thorns. How do you want to do it? Do you want to do like both roses and then should we start with thorns? I don't even know. Let's start with thorns. Like I feel like let's go bad news first and then good news. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. All right. I'll share my thorn. So just for you guys, in case you're not familiar with what roses and thorns are, each person is going to share a rose or something good that happened that week and then a thorn, which is something bad that happened that week. Or we're going to share a thorn first and then rose. Um, and this is something that like I like to do at the dinner table with my family. And it's something that I'm hoping to do with Ryder like, as he grows up just to like learn more about his day. And so we thought it would be fun to shift away from the intro question and just kind of go into... Just kind of more like life updates, which yeah. I always enjoy listening to. Random updates too, like whatever. Yeah, just it, just, it doesn't have to be business related. It can be personal. It's like, you know, it'll be chill. So what's your thorn? My thorn is that I actually got off a discovery call today um, with a client basically saying like, I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> and rarely does it happen. Most of the time people want to see a proposal. But he wanted website and copywriting and brand identity, but his budget was only $2,500. And I feel like at a a certain point in my career, like that would have made sense for me to just go ahead and take the project anyways. But right now I am currently booked out for a couple of months. I just launched my group program. I have a bunch of other things going on. And so I really wasn't able to offer him anything other than a VIP day, which is $2,500. And we just really could not fit all the things that he wanted into a VIP day. And he did not want to like 
DIY or semi DIY. Like he really just wanted someone to take care of it. He was so sweet. He was just the sweetest client. Like I feel like he would be so fun to work with. And so I'm actually going to be referring him to a couple of my mini mind students. Um, I posted that in our opportunities space in our circle community, but you know, it's just kind of a bummer when you're like excited about like a really fun client. And then it's just like, absolutely. There's no way that I could make it work. And then I also got ghosted on a second discovery call today. I had it. It was another salon and they were like, I was very excited to work with them, but they just didn't show up. So it's just like, it feels icky because like I have such, I mean, we all have such few working hours. I mean, if you guys are limiting your working hours, like it's just, uh, just a bummer. And it's hard to get into working. If you get ghosted, you're like, all right, I guess I have like 45 minutes that I now get back, but like you weren't planning to. I wasn't. So now you can't use that time. And that's really frustrating. I know. But encourage, encouragement for you that like, this is not like, this is just a fluke. Yeah. Like you get clients and it it comes and goes and like it's ups and downs always. So it's just a fluke. Yeah. Thank you. What's your thorn? My thorn was all of 2022. (laughs) The biggest thorn. No, it's funny. I was, I was thinking about this and I'm like, I feel like so far it's Tuesday when we're recording, like this week has been pretty good. Like I felt pretty good about things. I would say my thorn is pretty dumb. Like it's, it's so small and it's a personal thing, but things have just been breaking around me. Like my water bottle broke. I've been spilling things. My like, water bottle's been places. leaking. I have a fancy water bottle. It's like $30 and it <sighs> leaks in my car. It's so annoying and frustrating. So frustrating. And like my water bottle has been leaking in my bag too. When oh, I've been taking a sip of things, like it's been spilling on me. And <laughs> okay, so I was like doing research on this because I was like, what if this is like a spirit trying to talk to me? And there is this theory that like spillage is the spirit trying to say like, Hey, I'm here. Like, listen to me. I'm trying to say something, but I'm like, Hmm, I don't know. We'll see. I haven't gotten any messages yet. Either that or you're just sloppy. Either that or I'm just sloppy, but I'm like, I don't think that that's, that's the case. I also started painting my, the basement for my partner's little office area. And I like spilled paint on myself. Like, I think that there's, I think I'm sloppy, but that was probably a thorn. Like it's not anything like life or death. Like it's not anything huge, but I'm like, like my discovery call not showing up is like, <laughs> yeah, that's life or death. <laughs> that's like no, the but worst. I'm like, it's just annoyance. It's annoyance. Yeah, and I, I like get, get frustrated about it sometimes that I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm a klutz and now everything's <laughs> like going to be terrible. But no, all in all, actually like this week has been pretty good so far. And I've been trying to like take the negative things and like rework them as like, and just think about it of like, okay, that happened, but it's not that big of a deal. Like it's not yeah. a huge thing. So, and you've had a couple of roses recently. So do you want to share I your rose? I have. My rose for this week is yesterday. I signed on a new client and now mm-hmm. I am like very, very close to closing out the books for Q1, which is nuts because it's, the second week of January, like I've booked two clients that are huge and those are going to work, like work through the next couple of months. So I'm pretty excited about that. And it's also the client that I did sign on yesterday. It is a referral from one of my friends. And so she's also going to be on the project with one of her team members. So that'll be really fun to, to be able to do that with her and her team. 
And yeah, I'm super excited. I feel like this year is starting is just like energizing, like, especially like, I feel like when we think of like projects dragging on, you're just like, so done with them. You just want something new and fresh. Like, I feel like, especially starting projects at the beginning of the year, it just like gives you that jolt of energy. Yes, exactly. What's your rose for this week? My rose for this week is that my mini mind program just launched. I talked about that briefly in the previous, um, a little intro episode and the rose within that rose is seeing the members of the program starting to connect and draw connections between themselves and have little conversations in circle. And I just feel like a proud mom bear, like seeing everyone come in and like be vulnerable and share their insecurities and share their dreams and their goals. And like just the positive feedback that I've gotten from people already about like, how they feel different about this program versus ones they've taken in the past and how they're feeling really energized around their businesses. And they're really looking forward to connecting with me, like on a personal level, like it just, Mm -hmm. it feels right. And like, I thought for a really long time about the structure and how I wanted to do everything and like creating all the content um, for the first month over the past couple of weeks. Like I'm just excited to make more content for the program and to like make the resource library even more robust and to record myself as I'm designing and just really open up a window into my business for all of my mini minders. So that has been just really amazing. I'm so excited for that. I'm excited to hear more as time goes on. And I'm super excited for all of the people who are in your mini mind because they're going to get so much good knowledge. And I think it's going to be good for all of them to connect with each other and for you to just like build that community even more. So I'm so excited. Thank you. I have another rose that I want to share. And it's for last, it's actually for last week. So I started a new newsletter for Sarah's design. Okay, guys, I'm so excited about this. I am super excited. It's called The Cultivator and the tagline is sowing seeds for growth in business. And basically what it is, is for nonprofits, social enterprises, those types of business owners that I do attract to help give them tips and tools for how to market and design and strategies for growth in their business. And it goes out two times a month. And I'm super excited to be sharing that information, like stuff that's in my head from when I've been working in advertising and marketing and in nonprofit. And now now just to like impart that wisdom on my previous clients, potential clients. Like I think it's going to be a really great place for community. And I sent out my first one last week and I have already gotten such good feedback and like from some of my previous clients who are like, this is an amazing thing that you're doing. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited to like learn more from you. And I'm also like, if you guys would love to be part of it, please join. Like I want to build eventually a group of humanitarian designers who are trying to change the world through design. And so if this helps you on your journey as well, just to kind of like see what I'm doing, please sign up. You can on my website, sarahdesign.com. But I'm so excited for it. I feel like this is like the new energy I needed to go into the new year as well. Yeah, there's something about starting to create content for a platform that doesn't feel draining, (laughs) Instagram, (laughs) and starting to create content for something where you're excited and you have ideas. And like, I feel like with my email newsletter that I've been doing for the past couple of months, you actually, Esther, inspired me to go bi weekly instead of every week, just because, like, I don't know, I just wanted to make sure each one was like really well crafted. 
Right. Like that has just been so energizing for me. And I'll find myself just thinking up like, oh, what do I want to write about my next newsletter when I'm like at the grocery store or something? And I'm like energized around it. Whereas like some other types of marketing have just felt kind of like a drag for me. Um, And so I'm just so excited for that for you. And like just to pop into someone's inbox and have your name in there, like they're going to, you know, come back to you for more work, for more VIP days. You'll have like an engaged audience of people that you feel comfortable selling to. Like, I just love email marketing. I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. And it's a good way to be top of mind for like, if they have contacts that need any help, they're like, Hey, check out this like email that Esther sent over, like hope it's impactful for you. And like, it's going to be a a good resource and then potentially me. Because I'm really leaning into my new, it's not new, but like I'm leaning into my niche this year. So I'm excited for that. Well, I mean, you did a lot of strategy work with Alejandra last year, which I I feel like was so impactful. It was amazing. Yeah. What's her Instagram handle so people can go follow her if they Um, want to work with her? If you want to work with Alejandra, it's LA Now Design. And Alejandra is um, a brand and web designer that we had on as a guest last season. And she actually provides strategy sessions and uh, not just sessions, but like actual brand strategy for designers, which is what Esther did with her last year. For designers and for businesses, if you want to work with um, her as an outsource strategist, she is incredible, super detailed, so like thoughtful about the whole process. I love my experience working with her and she helped uncover a lot of things that I had not even thought about or things that I was struggling with for so long. I'm excited to share a little bit more about that once my website is refreshed and I have all of my strategy inside my website too. Yes. Which who knows when that'll come out. My goal was this month, but we'll see. <laughs> you are a busy lady. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to like <laughs> let that, like it'll come when it comes. When I get energized, I'll like stay up all night and do it and then it'll be ready. No, it's, that's, <laughs> it is what it is. It'll come yeah, when it comes. Exactly. Okay. So should we start talking about business lessons? Let's do it. Hey, so me and Esther have, or Esther and I, sorry, proper grammar, (laughs) have (laughs) written out three business lessons that we learned the hard way. And then like a little story time about each lesson because there are business lessons that we've learned but not the hard way. And so when it was com- we were coming up with what we were talking about, we were like, okay, like what's something that like could have been avoided, but like, I just didn't know. Um, and so that's kind of the perspective that we're taking with this week's topic. And so do you want to go back and forth or do you just want to do like one person? Yeah, let's go back and forth. Okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to dive into my first one. The lesson I learned was to not apologize for things that are not my fault. And off the bat, this one feels like kind of obvious, like, oh, why would you apologize for something that's not your fault? But for a really long time, I was giving very much wet blanket energy when it came to like client situations or frustrations or timeline adjustments where I would do anything and everything, including apologizing for things that were not my fault in order for my client to be quote unquote happy. And what I realized kind of like over the course of the last couple of years is that clients don't really respond well to that. And in fact, it actually makes them believe that you are responsible for things you actually weren't responsible for if you apologize for them, which makes total sense, but is kind of difficult to learn. So I actually had a client experience about two years ago. We were very... like I thought we were friends. Like She had my number, but 
during some bumps in the project, the relationship became very toxic. Um, and after this client, after working with this client, I actually realized that that's the way that she had behaved in her business as well. She had a lots of staff turnover. Her assistants were constantly quitting. And so I realized that it really wasn't me. It was, she was having a hard time managing her company. And she also did not behave in a very professional way when challenges or setbacks popped up and became very personal and very toxic. So I know some of you who have submitted difficult client stories are very familiar with this type of client. I wish that I had kept things more professional in the beginning. I wish I hadn't shared my personal phone number with her, which I don't anymore. I actually ended up apologizing for things that were her fault, her not reviewing things on time, not getting feedback to me, not getting us the content that we needed. And I basically laid all the blame on myself and my company which gave her the permission to believe that. And so I wish that I had focused more on problem solving and remaining extremely professional instead of feeling very personally attacked, even though I was being personally attacked. I wish that I had said something along the lines of, okay, I understand that you're frustrated. Let's work it out to a place where we can maybe push the launch back. We can address the things that you're frustrated about and we can, you know, turn this around rather than, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I totally should have X, Y, Z. Like I should have done this. I should have known that. Like I should have told you about this. Like I totally just brought this avalanche down on myself and it ended up turning into an extremely toxic situation. And we parted ways on very bad terms. There was legal action that was threatened, but never that did not take place because I have an airtight contract and I actually didn't do anything wrong. And I also like blamed myself for a long time about the way that project ended But looking back, I totally understand that there was a lot of gaslighting behavior, a lot of toxic behavior, and I actually had done nothing wrong. So all that goes to say, don't apologize for things that are not your fault. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard because like in a partnership, a client designer relationship, like there's two parties here. So both parties have effect on how things play out. And I completely understand where you were at of like, oh, I'm sorry, I should have reminded you again to do this, but like we as designers tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we're the ones trying to run the project. And we like to take the blame too, because it's makes the client feel better or whatever. But at the end of the day, like our job is not to babysit our clients. Our job is not to make them feel good. Our job is to get things done and they need to follow up on their end of it as well. And so it sucks to hear that experience from you because I don't want, I wish that you hadn't experienced that. And I wish that nobody does because things are not your fault and there's no reason to apologize for things that aren't your fault. The professional side of you that knows this now could have said like, okay, well, it's a bummer that we didn't get this on time. I need this next week now, or I need this new timeline, or we're going to have to charge you a fee because of the delay, or like, here's how we just move forward instead of thinking about the past. Yeah. Instead of looking back and blaming and shaming and all of that like negative energy, I absolutely should have focused on the future. Yeah. Because the blame doesn't even do anything. It doesn't. It doesn't solve any problems. Like even if like, let's say I had done something wrong. Blaming me for it doesn't help anything. It does not help the project move forward at all. Right. It just keeps you dwelling on it and there's no point to dwell on it, even if it was your fault, like, which it wasn't and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. apologize for anything that's not. But even if it was 
Like there's no point sitting here and pointing fingers at each other. Yeah. Because otherwise your project gets held up and that's the last thing you want anyways. Yes. Good lesson. Thanks. My first lesson is to always set a deadline, even if it's internal. When I first started my business, I was not great at this. I would have a deadline for my final things that I need to send out to the clients, but I didn't set internal deadlines for myself, like when things need to be done so that we give myself time for a lot of revisions and whatever needs to happen. And there was a time when it just like glossed over me. Like I hadn't written it down. I hadn't given myself an exact timeline for a project. And the client then emailed and said, Hey, I was expecting this to come in today. Like, is this coming? And I like was so hard on myself because I was like, Oh my gosh, I did not even like set a timeline for myself. I didn't set a deadline for the client. Like I, this is completely my fault. Like this is not a case of like, don't apologize for something that's not your fault. This was my fault. And I had not set a time for myself to do something and like keep myself accountable. And this was when I was first starting out in business. And prior to that, I was working in corporate. So it was really easy in corporate because you have somebody else who's managing your project. You have somebody who's telling you, we have a client called tomorrow and like the thing needs to be done tonight by 5 p.m. And things like that. And when you're working on your own, it makes it a lot more difficult. So now for any projects that I do have, I have my client timeline. And then I also have an internal one of when I need to have it done so that I can give myself some space in between my deadline and theirs in case there are revisions that I feel like I need to make instead of just like crunching last minute and things don't get done well. I love that. And I feel like I am was in the same boat as you. I feel like I, when I started, I just never... I never put a deadline because I was so afraid that I wasn't going to make it and that I was going to disappoint the client. When in reality, setting a deadline actually helps you like make the client happy. And oftentimes like clients don't even look at deadlines. Like I actually just emailed a client literally just before we hopped on this recording just to give him an update about his project and about how we have a review call next week and I was going to have everything done by Wednesday. And he was like, "Oh, I didn't realize we had a review call. Okay, can you remind me what time it is?" You know, like he wasn't even like thinking about it, you know. And so like now in Notion in my client portal, I have like each stage of the project like outlined in a little inline database for all you Notion users out there. And there's a column for due date. And I actually go in and put an exact date for every single stage of the process. Yes, things change. Yes, things are flexible. My clients are understanding of that. But it actually is more freeing, I feel like, to have those deadlines. I think so too. Than not. Because then like it's not like overwhelming to think like, oh my God, I don't know when this is due. Am I going to have enough time? Like, And then other overlapping deadlines. And like, I don't know. It makes it run so much smoother. And you don't have to worry about like rushing for anything. Another thing that I struggled in the beginning with this is like, I wanted things to just be inspired and like to work when I was inspired and to create when I was inspired. But if you're a creative, you know that like things don't come on particular deadlines. And sometimes you need that little bit of a push to say it needs to be done by Thursday and it's going to be done by Thursday. Like there's no, I mean, yes, you would love for everything to be inspired, but sometimes it doesn't work like that and you still have to run your business. So Mm -hmm. setting deadlines, yes, always set a deadline, even if it's internal, especially if it's internal. Love it. Okay. My next lesson is 
Hiring subcontractors or team does not automatically help you make more money or open up your schedule. And I'm really excited to talk about this one because I feel like I learned this the hard way in 2021. So that's two years ago. That was the year after I had my baby. So he was about six months old at the beginning of 2021. And after I had him, the transition from non-motherhood to motherhood was just really challenging in terms of time and like schedule management. Of course, also a newborn is like way more all over the place than like a toddler is. But I ended up outsourcing a ton of stuff. And that worked for me in that season. But I was really expecting like, oh, okay, now I have so much more work and so little time. I'm just going to hire out my work and I'm going to make the same amount of money. I'm going to make more money and I'm going to like be able to sit back and like not do anything. That was, I feel like a very naive way to approach quote unquote scaling my business. And I actually have a solo episode called scaling a business with a newborn, which I literally like make fun of because I can't even believe that I even titled a podcast episode, scaling a business (laughs) with a newborn. That's not the time I should have been scaling my business. Yeah. It's fine to like get support where you need it and like change things up during a season of your life. But like what I was doing was not scaling my business. It was paying myself less and paying other people to take things off my plate. And that's very different from intentionally and strategically hiring in order to make sure that you are making more money. I actually want to give a shout out to our good friend, Leah Gucciardi from Arc Shopify Studio. She actually hit reply on one of my emails from last year. And she gave me some amazing wisdom about like making sure that if you are going to hire someone full-time, that you have run the numbers and calculated based off of how much work you're turning away, that your investment in them is actually going to turn into ROI for you and you're going to make more money with them than without them. And I was like, okay, why is that so simple? But why is that not something I've ever considered before? So yeah, because we're we're often told that like, oh, if you hire somebody, you're gonna like have more time on your plate. You're gonna be able to do all these things. And like while you might may have more time on your plate, if they're not creating any type of revenue, if they're not mm-hmm. bringing in people or at least helping you to be able to bring in more people, then there's no point in having them. Yeah, exactly. And and she made a a really good distinction too between hiring someone that works on your business versus hiring someone that works on client work. And like there are different rules and different like guidelines to how long it's going to take for some, for you to see ROI for hiring someone who works on your business, like a project manager, production designer, an assistant versus hiring a designer or a developer or someone who actively works on client projects. Um, It takes a lot longer for you to see ROI on the business side than it does for you to see ROI on the project side. And that's something that I wish I would have known as well. And that's something that like I'm still learning as I manage my team and continue to hire subs and all of that type of stuff. But I feel like I just tried to grow too fast. I was like, I'm scaling, I'm scaling. But like, it actually took me a long time to figure out my process for hiring, to onboard people, to figure out what my role looked like as a creative director, to give feedback. And those first few projects, it actually ended up taking me longer to work with the subcontractors than it would have if I had just done it myself, which is like, I feel like kind of just not the best like headspace to be in when you're thinking about hiring. Like I definitely should have like tried to step back a little bit, but my subcontractors were new to working with me. Obviously they needed more handholding in the beginning. And so like, I wish that I would have just prepared more for that, like prior to 
having my baby and like already brought people on and like we already had a system going so that I wouldn't have to like plan that like when I was already like not knowing what I was doing and like new motherhood and all of that. But I also like look back on my books at the end of 2021 and I was like shocked at like how much I had spent on subcontractors. You know, like I, it's crazy. Yeah. So I'm curious for you, how did you then shift that for last year? Like you yes. weren't working with that many, as many people, like what was that shift for you to realize or just to change your process of how you hire subcontractors? Absolutely. So to give some context in 2021, I made like a lot more money gross than I did in 2022, but I actually netted a very similar amount. And I had way less expenses than I last year than I did in 2021. So I made some key changes. The first being to let go of subcontractors that were doing work that I really enjoyed. So I stopped working with subcontract brand designers and web designers. And I only outsourced things that I really felt like I was not very fast at. Um, instead, I focused on getting faster with brand and web design which is a great way to make more money is to reduce the amount of time that you're spending on certain projects. I decided to start doing some of my own copywriting instead of outsourcing that. Although I love my copywriter and she's amazing. It just made more financial sense for me to retain that money and kind of keep it in-house. And the more I do copywriting, the more I feel really comfortable with it. Um, So that's been really good. But I also, like I mentioned before, I have better processes for bringing on subcontractors. And I actually don't work with that many people. I work with Lauren, my production designer and administration assistant. And then I work with a developer, but most of the time I'm referring projects to her rather than managing her. And so I feel like that was a really big shift as well. So yeah, I was making less money gross. Like instead of making 15K on like a Shopify project, I would like make 8K or something and then just send the client to her for the development side of things. And so that was cutting out all of the management time that I was having. And I think that the distinction to make here is that in 2022, I was not trying to have an agency model. I was trying to have more of a boutique, like, I'm going to be doing all of your work. Like, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's different when you are trying to be an agency then that's when you do need to be having those subcontractors or looking at those full-time hires. But that's just not the business model that I was looking to have in 2022. And I loved not trying to be an agency last year. And I'm going to do the same thing this year. Like I am not trying to hire anyone full-time. I've talked about that before. But yeah, those are just a couple of things that I did. And I was just more intentional. And I I hired more slowly. I wasn't as frantic. I love every single person. The frantic energy is the the frantic energy that like, it just... It made me like so nervous. Like, I know. I feel like it's hopefully relatable to other people who are dipping their toes into hiring subcontractors for the first time. But I feel like the next time I feel like I want to really scale, like truly scale, like I'm turning away work and I could make more money if I hired someone, then I'm going to come at it from a much more like calm and like organized perspective. Like I have an SOP library now. I didn't have SOPs when I first brought people on. I was just like, oh, here you go. Like just use whatever process you want. Like I I don't know. I I look back and I definitely learned that lesson the hard way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because sometimes I think about subcontractors and like we... And I know I've done this and I 
I'm sure that you've felt this way. Sometimes you hire on people just because you're lazy of doing something. <laughs> like, yes. like hiring on an admin. Like I, it's not that you're lazy, but like it actually frees up your time. But like some things are like lazy work that it's just, I don't want to deal with it. I'll hire would, somebody else. There's a lot of work that I would rather pay someone else to do and make less money and sit on my bed and read my book or play with my kid. Like one of those things is reconciling my books and QuickBooks. I just sent a message to my my bookkeeper because she's been trying to teach me how to do it. She's like, oh, it's so easy. It's so easy. I'm like, honestly, Dory, can can you just handle this for me? She's like, yeah, yeah. of course I can. Like, I don't even care. Like if I gross, I don't know how much it's going to be, a couple hundred dollars less next year and I don't have to reconcile my books at all. I am happy with that. And so it's just kind of determining the give and take and thinking about like, okay, the gross income that my business makes, that's not all coming to me in a paycheck. Like I have some, I mean, the book Profit First tells you to use, to set aside 30% of your gross income for operating expensive. That doesn't include subcontractors for client related projects. That's all admin stuff. You know, that's a normal thing in any big company that's out there. So I don't know. That was really eye opening and I agree. I don't know. Yeah. My second lesson is kind of related in a way to yours. So mine is to listen to your gut when interviewing people for any type of role within your company. Over the last couple of years that I've been in business, I have hired subcontractors. I've hired people to work on my business, in my business, a little bit of everything. But every time, not every time, but majority of the time, I will say, I hired with frantic energy. Like we were just talking about, like I felt like I needed in the moment, I need an Instagram social media manager and I need a copywriter. I need a developer. Like, and I would just interview one person, felt like, oh, they're pretty good. Like I need somebody now, so I'll just hire them. Even though like my gut was saying like, I don't know if this is the right person, but I just don't have energy to like interview six different people for this role. Like they seem like they'll be okay and they'll be, they'll work. And I felt like every time, and not every single contractor that I hired was like this. I have worked with some incredible ones that I still work with, but there were quite a few times when I hired the first person I interviewed and my gut was saying like, they're not that organized. They're not like, they don't understand your voice well enough. Like they don't seem as knowledgeable about this area or whatever. Like maybe they were early on in their journey and learning and I wanted to give people an opportunity. I feel like this comes from a place of like either people pleasing or also just like trying to give people opportunities that I felt like needed opportunities. So there's pros and cons to that, but I wish that I had listened to my gut, listened to my intuition to say, this is not the right person. Let's spend a little bit more time trying to find out who could be, or at least interviewing a few other people so that I know for sure, like this one is going to be right. Yeah. A lot of frantic energy, a lot of like, I am stressed. I need somebody in my business now. They seem okay. Like we'll just hire them and we'll just like figure it out as we go. I also, to your point, didn't have a lot of like my processes in place. So I was looking for people to come in and like, in a way, help me set up some of those processes. and their processes just didn't work for me in the long term. And I know that now, now that it's been a few years, but at the time I had not realized that. So I just wish somebody had told me like, it's okay to just wait, listen to what your gut is telling you about people because you're going to waste some time and you're going to waste money. So let's just wait. 
Yeah. They, I don't know who says this, but they say hire slowly. And I love that. Yeah. Hire slowly and fire fast. Yes. That's the thing. Okay. So you come from the corporate world. Obviously, you know that. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I've kind of parted ways with people. I've never really had to fire someone. I feel like there've been situations where we both knew that it wasn't working. And so it was kind of like a mutual thing. But like, I know that at some point in my business journey, I'm going to have to fire someone and I'm already stressed out about it. <laughs> yeah. I've never officially fired somebody either. Just like said, we're not going to work together, which I guess is firing, but I feel like I was nice about it. With a it. subcontractor, it's like, you don't really fire a subcontractor. I feel like it's like, you kind of just don't send them more work or you tell them that you're like with my copywriter. I was like, I love you so much. I'm focusing on actually providing more copywriting services. So you're probably going to be seeing less work from me. Like that's not like firing to me, I feel like, but yes, yeah. we can gloss over whatever the terms we want to say, yeah. are, but <laughs> we're good people and we don't fire <laughs> anyone. <laughs> but the bottom line is just like, know what you want and yeah. listen to what your body and your mind is telling you when you're having a conversation. It's like, it's not mind reading, but it's like going into any type of friendship and knowing like, mm, they seem like good people, but like, I might not be best friends with them. Yeah. And that's okay. Like they might not like be the people that I want to have around my family or whatever. And it's okay because they're right for somebody else. Yeah. It's like you have to recognize when your intuition is telling you something about those people. And like you said, it could be a good fit for somebody else, but just like not for you. I feel like that's something you get better at also over time. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I'm able to interview a lot better now. It's just like a skill, like anything else in business. So don't beat yourself up if you guys have done this in the past. We've been there. Yeah. Yeah. I think as you get better in business, you realize what you need and like what's going to be a best role. Because some people, they might be like an expert in one area of your need, but you might need like three different areas merged into one person and they're not going to be able to fulfill 75% of the role, but they fulfill 25% and that's not the right person. Right. Hold out for the unicorn. Oh, yes. Or settle. (laughs) It depends. Sometimes you have to settle. Sometimes you have to hold out for the unicorn, you know. That's how it is. Okay. So my third lesson, and this is definitely more general, but I feel like one of the biggest things and shifts that I've felt recently in my business is that what works for me in one season might not work for me in another season and vice versa. And that's okay. It's okay for my gross income to look different year to year. It's okay for my expenses to fluctuate. It's okay for my monthly income to look different. It's okay for me to take time off. It's okay for me not to be on Instagram. And also, just because I have a current reality does not mean that that is going to be forever. And I've talked about this before when I talk about motherhood, when I talk about the newborn phase, when I talk about postpartum. I truly believed in my soul that I was never going to sleep again. And I feel like if I had just shifted that a little bit to realize that like, okay, because Dylan would literally ask me, he'd be like, do you think he's going to sleep through the night when he's 18 years old? And I'd be like, okay, yeah, but like he's waking up every 10 minutes right now. You know, like I feel like I just (laughs) tend to just view things so narrowly, I guess, in life and in business that like I want to practice like understanding that each season is going to look completely different. And I should give myself permission to 
shift and change based off of my energy, based off of the lifestyle that we have. I mean, like having a kid every single month is different. Every single year is different. What worked with Ryder last month isn't going to work this month. This month he's slamming the door like he's a teenager, but he's also talking a lot more. And last month he wouldn't eat his eggs at all. And I was beside myself, you know, like it's just, it is just so similar to business. Like last month you got a, maybe I got a ton of, I'm saying like hypothetically, like maybe you got tons and tons of like high budget inquiries. And then the next month people have like a $1,500 budget and they can't fathom spending $10,000 with you. Well, I think too about like my last year, last year was like a flop era for me and all of my, Mm -hmm. like for the last half, my clients or the inquiries that were coming in were like nothing. And I was feeling like down on myself for it. And then a new season rolls around and it's different. And you're like excited about things again. Yes. I feel like I wanted to say that I learned this the hard way just because of how resistant I was to that truth for so long. And I feel like I feel like this is just like a lesson that both of us learned. And I feel like it's a lesson that a lot of business owners learn over the course of their their business. And if you don't learn it now, you're going to learn it at some point because no one's business is consistent. The economy is not consistent. Like clients aren't consistent. Yeah. Like just there, there, there is this lie of this consistently being booked out, consistent paychecks, consistent income. Like, yes, you can make consistency by paying yourself less than you bring in. Like you can create consistency by booking clients out in advance. Like, but I don't know, just the way the world works, like you have to be able to roll with the punches and not let things get to you so much to the point where it like makes you want to shut down. And I say that from personal experience of the littlest things truly bringing me like to my knees in my business. Um, And I think that's just an experience thing. And that might be a season you're going through right now. If you're listening, like it's okay for your business to bring you to your knees. That's okay. But like, it gets easier over time to withstand the ups and the downs and to know that like, yeah, a slay era is going to come after your flop era, but you know, a flop era might come after your slay era, you know, like that's just kind of the way that the world works. So a quote that I've been seeing a lot recently is it's not about the end journey. It's about the journey itself and who you become along the way. And I feel like I've been trying to hold that, that quote tightly because yes, Things are high and low and high and low, and it's just a roller coaster. But like, who am I becoming throughout this journey? Like, what am I learning day in and day out? It's going to be hard and fun, and you're going to cry and laugh and squeal with excitement, all the things. But like, I'm not trying to get to a certain level. I just am trying to be who I am in this moment. That is so good. It makes me think about like, what about when I'm like retiring, like, am I going to have been doing this the whole time? Like, I don't, I don't think so. I feel like there'll be a time where it doesn't make sense for me anymore to continue on with this business. I mean, not anytime soon. Like I plan on doing this for a long time. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. It's amazing. But things will change. You never, you literally never know. And I think that's the beautiful thing with life is that it throws you curveballs all the time. Like your life will change. I mean, you are still going to move to a new city at some point. Like you're going to have a new Hopefully home. Hopefully this year, you're crossing people. <laughs> They're Hopefully mowing the year. lawn and laying the foundation as we speak right now. So Amazing. it's been a long process. <laughs> like things change. And I think like where you're at now is not your whole life. And that's beautiful and wonderful. I mean, you think about your son too, like at some point he'll be 
going off to college. And <laughs> don't that's say crazy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's oh. wild to think about like what life could be like, but also don't hold yourself to that to think like, oh, I have to know what life is going to be like in five, 10 years, 18 years. Like it's about going through the moment and being flexible, rolling with the punches and realizing that like seasons come and go. That's why we have seasons. Like I think it's times to reflect, times to be renewed and energized, to to water those seeds, to bloom. Like all of it is really beautiful in its own way. And it's not one season is better than the other. You were so wise. Even though sometimes it feels like it. I feel like 2022 was like terrible, but for me, but like, it's different. You did a lot of watering though, especially at the end I did a lot end, of too. watering, but seeing no results. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't care who you are. That's just tough. That's just plain hard. But like, I feel like you are coming out of 2022 a different person than you would have if things were just like hunky-dory the whole time. It's true. I feel like you have like a strength to you and a perseverance to you that like nothing is going to be able to bring you down now because you've already like walked through it, you know? Yeah. Interesting. My last lesson is to voice your opinion, period. Share how you feel no matter what, whenever it is. And I learned this the hard way because I was having a lot of different interactions with people, whether it was family, friends, clients, where I just shut up and didn't say how I felt. And then you walk away from it and things don't go the way that you expected them to. Particularly in client experiences, when you're talking to a client either on a call or via email and you have your gut reaction to like what's going to work best for them and they say what they think and you just like shut up and just accept it. Like, no, people are hiring us for our voice. So voice our opinion, what we think, have it heard when we feel like it, just to share what we think, because otherwise you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I had said that. Like, have you ever laid in bed thinking about conversations that you've had saying like, I wish that I had said that? That's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And I'm trying to lean into just saying it. And that's not just to like blurt out every single thing that comes to your mind. But like, if you have a gut reaction to something, say it, say how you feel and don't be scared of the outcome because the outcome always turns out better than you think it's going to be. Oh, I love that so much. And as the recovering people pleaser that I am, this is something that's really hard for me to say what I, what I think in the moment with clients and with the professional side of things, I've gotten a lot better with it, especially Mm -hmm. because I've had really positive reactions when I say, you know what, let's put a pin in this and let me tell you what my professional opinion is. And then the client's like, oh my gosh, yes, please. I have no idea what I'm doing. And then I'm like, I think that we should do, we should move away from the hamburger nav on your desktop and do like a classic nav. This is an actual conversation I just had with one of my VIP day clients um, this year. I was talking about from a UX perspective, it's better to have a desktop, you know, Speaking as someone who has a hamburger menu on my, you know, you guys know what I mean, but like I have struggled with this for a really long time, especially in interpersonal stuff and with like people that I've hired or like friends or family. It's just like, it's really icky and hard. Because you don't want to make them feel like their ideas are invalid or wrong, but you also want to give your opinion. So for Mm -hmm. example, if you're working on a brand identity where somebody wants like a very cursive like script and you're like, that doesn't feel like you, like (laughs) you need to have something strong and serif. Like 
as a designer, you know, but if you, if you just are like, yeah, if that's what you want, okay, then yeah, you're going to learn really hard that it's not going to be something that you want to share. It's not going to be something you're proud of. And then it pulls your self-esteem down because you didn't create something you're proud of. Yeah. So I've been learning this throughout the years. Um, I learned it a lot when I was in corporate because I would just like bend to their will and do what they wanted me to do. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like, I could have had a voice there. I could have shared what I thought and we could have made some change, but it didn't happen. This is something I feel like is so similar to like what we were talking about earlier. Like you get better at this as you practice it. The first time is going to feel really, really scary. Yeah. But then I don't know. It just like, you know, take a step back, take a step forward. But over time, I feel like I've gotten better at this. Yeah. I think over time you learn how to be confident in your voice. You learn how to be confident in your thoughts and the way that your brain works and your expertise. I even think I was doing this as a reflection on 2022. I was looking back at some like old, old projects that I had and I was like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> those were not good. Oh, yeah, I should share some of those. But like from 2020, 2019, when I was freelancing mm-hmm. on the side of my biz, my corporate job, yikes. <laughs> yikes. I have some, I mean, you guys can go to my Instagram right now and scroll all the way back. I'm sure there's some projects in there that I'm like, oof. Like, I mean, I keep it there. It's a, it's a record of my, of my feed and of my business, you know? And like, my feed looks so different now than it used to. But I you mean, think it about like, like probably five years from now, we're going to look at our stuff today and be like, what was I thinking? Oh, I'm going to look at all my stuff that I'm making and think like, oh, this is disgusting. Like what, what was I thinking about this? And my clients love it now. So I mean, that's good, but I don't know. It's, it's funny how things like that change. And I don't know, like I keep on thinking like, what, like, am I going to be like a 40 year old or 50 year old person like designing like cute little logos for people? Like, I, I don't know. It just, <laughs> I, I, I laugh to know. think about that. You never know though. I mean, maybe I guess the people that I think about on YouTube or the people that I think about as like being these really, really like successful, like designers are all like really a lot older than us. So I don't know. Well, I think about like the chief creative officer at my last job. He was yeah probably in his 60s. Okay. And he had been working in advertising for his whole career. Yeah. So, I mean, you can be I'm going to be top dog when I'm 60. (laughs) I'll have a couple books out. There's going to be a documentary about me. We're manifesting it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Hopefully not a documentary. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Want to know what they uncovered there? Oh God, no, no. I'm I'm actually kind of boring, so it would not be fun. Well, I hope you guys really enjoyed these lessons that we've learned and take them to heart. Um, if you don't want to use them, don't. Like that's okay too. But also share with us some lessons that you've learned, maybe in 2022, since we're doing a little bit of a reflection on last year as well. Since it's the beginning of this year, like what are things that you have learned, and how did you learn it the hard way? Because we're all about sharing things with each other and trying to help each other grow. And so we don't have to fail on our own. <laughs> Let's fail together. Yes, we can fail together. <laughs> our new tagline, Better the Brand Designer Podcast, Failing Together. Fail together. <laughs> Love it. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, let's do our first inbox question of the year. I'm so excited. Our first one. This inbox question is from Mayel Petit. They ask, how do you develop your identity and visibility to find clients? 
Okay, so this is a two-parter, Mayel. Thank you for asking this question. I think what you're asking when you're talking about developing your identity, I think of positioning. And I think of brand identity as a small part of your positioning. We've talked about positioning a lot, especially in the last couple episodes of season six. So absolutely go back and listen to those. But I feel like this is kind of how I laid out the positioning modules of the month one content of my mini minds. So it's actually very like salient to me right now. Start with your values. Don't even start with strategy or your audience or anything like that. Go back to your roots. Start with your values. Think about who you are, who you want to represent to clients, and then go from there. Work through some of your um, positioning factors like what type of platforms you work on, what your location, your personality, your communication style. There's so many different things that can go into your positioning and you don't have to pick one from each category. You can just focus on a couple. And then I feel like once you have that in place, you've maybe you've worked with a copywriter, maybe you've come up with some messaging and some voice and tone to support that positioning. You're starting to infuse that into your brand, into your identity, into your website, into some more of those client-facing or lead-facing touch points, that's when you can start thinking about visibility. I feel like you have to have that core, those core values, your positioning, you have to have that down before you start thinking about sharing that with the wider world. But I feel like visibility is just something that grows on its own alongside you putting in the effort to make connections with people who are either in parallel industries or people who are coaching people who you want to work with or pitching yourself to podcasts that you think are relevant to the type of audience that you want to be attracting. Like I feel like visibility and PR or like marketing as a whole, like there's so many different avenues that you can go down, but you kind of have to experiment a little bit and see what works for you, what gets results, prepare to invest, you know, months of time and effort into exploring LinkedIn or looking at Pinterest marketing or just kind of like getting your name out there. There's no one size fits all answer here, but it's, yeah, it's about experimentation and knowing your positioning. Yeah. And it takes time too. I think the key thing for visibility comes down to building your own little community, building your own little corner of the digital world where people know who you are and can say like, Mayel, she does this really well. And this is the person who I want to refer to others as well. Like having a group, even if it's a small group, even if it's a group of like three to five people that you connect with, be able to share that with others to say like, I am the best person for this role. And then testing out different platforms and testing out platforms takes some time. Like I've dabbled in LinkedIn and Pinterest and Instagram and so many different things. And right now I'm leaning into newsletter marketing and It's just about like figuring out what works best for you. And I wish there was a way for us to say to you, like, just do this and it'll be perfect. Like just do Pinterest and you'll be visible. I hope that works out for you, but it might not. So I think in terms of the visibility, leaning back into the brand identity and and the strategy behind who you are and what you value is key before you get into that visibility aspect, because then people know what to look for. A hundred percent. I love it. 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming along with us at the start of season seven. We are super curious about which of our lessons resonated most with you. And like Esther said, we would love to know any lessons you guys learned the hard way, not only for us to learn from you, but also for our wider community to learn from you as well. So go over to facebook.com slash groups slash better brand designer and make a post. Introduce yourself if you're new. This is a family. I'm always saying, hey, fam, like this is what's going on right now. Like we are just so excited to have you here. You belong here. Even if you are worlds away, or at least you think you're worlds away from starting a brand design business, you belong here. So come and engage with us and give us feedback on these lessons. Um, and yeah, we're just excited to be here for season seven. Thanks for following along. Yes. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.